Hi there, welcome to our new podcast on Residence Appeals. Yep, so I'm Pooja and... I'm Stu. And... Together we, we are... DNS Law. Okay, so we thought we'd get into the nitty-gritty of Residence Appeals and how they work. So let's crack on. So Stuart, how can we appeal a residence decision by Immigration New Zealand? Okay, so just to clarify, this is when you've made your application for residence under whatever category and immigration has declined it for whatever reason. Then you have the right to appeal that decision to the Immigration and Protection Tribunal within a set time scale. So this could be, for instance, you've applied under the skilled migrant category and immigration said... We don't believe that you are doing all the tasks that are required of that particular job. So, for instance, a retail manager, which Immigration New Zealand hate with a passion. So, Immigration says ANSCO, which is the reference book that Immigration go to, which details all occupations and it indicates what tasks are usually associated with that occupation. So, Immigration said, well... We don't believe that you do all of these tasks or we don't believe that you have the authority to complete these tasks within your job and therefore we've declined your application for residence. So in that instance, then you may have a good appeal to the tribunal depending on your circumstances. So you can appeal on two grounds. So the first one is the tribunal looking at the immigration decision itself and deciding whether immigration made the correct decision. This is often called the correctness ground of appeal. And the second one is if the tribunal says, look, immigration made the correct decision, they followed all the laws and the instructions and they did what they had to do. However, if there are special circumstances in your particular case, the tribunal can recommend to the Minister of Immigration that he grant you a residence visa. Okay, so in terms of correctness, you can't provide new evidence. Well, you can in very limited circumstances, which we'll talk about. But generally speaking, you cannot present new evidence. So you can't say, well, look, here's this evidence which shows that immigration were wrong. What the tribunal is doing is looking at the evidence in front of Immigration New Zealand and saying, well, based on the evidence that immigration had, were they correct to make the decision that they made? And if they were, then you're going to lose that ground of appeal. But you can introduce new evidence in very limited circumstances, Pooja, can't you? Yeah, so there's a particular section of the Immigration Act 189 that essentially talks about when the tribunal can use new information or further information in appeals made to them. So one of them is if the tribunal is satisfied that the evidence existed when the decision to refuse the visa was made and would have been relevant, but the appellant could not have reasonably provided that information to Immigration New Zealand and that it's fair and reasonable to consider this information. This is super confusing. So, Stuart, what does it actually mean? Well, how I would view that one is you didn't know that immigration had a problem. So if, if immigration hadn't actually raised this issue with you, so for instance, say immigration declined your residence application because they said you weren't of good character, but at no point had immigration said to you, we believe that you don't meet our character test then you would be able to bring that evidence into the tribunal and say, well, wait a minute, immigration were wrong because of X, Y, and Z, and here's the evidence of it. I couldn't possibly have known that immigration needed this information because at no point did they raise it. One more thing that 
might potentially work in this area and it look it is very very situation specific is if you weren't able to obtain this evidence at the time so for example it, it existed but you weren't able to obtain it even though you exercised reasonable diligence i don't know for example maybe we're trying to get a piece of financial information from a country where it's very very difficult to get things quickly and so while the information existed you exercise reasonable diligence, still couldn't get it. However, it came through after immigration decision was made. You might be able to put this in front of the tribunal for them to consider. You know, every time you get a residence decline decision, you need to read it very carefully. You need to seek advice on, is there a ground for appeal here? Were immigration right or were they wrong? Did they go astray at some point in time? And then that's when we can have a look and say, well, we can make submissions around the correctness of the decision. I mean, it's heartening to know that for those who do appeal, between 30 and 50% of them are overturned by the tribunal. So it's definitely worth shopping the decision around and getting a, a view on whether it's worth an appeal. There are also a couple more things that the tribunal can do and can look at if they decide that immigration was in fact correct to make the decision. So one is if there has been a new event that has happened since the decision. So for example, say uh, you had a job, immigration decided that your employer did not meet the relevant employment laws and it was declined on employee compliance. Um, since then, you have found a new job. Following the decline of that immigration decision, you've gotten a new job, you can appeal to the tribunal and say, look, Yes, immigration was correct to decline that decision based on the job that I had then. However, a new event has happened. I have since gotten a new job, which meets the same requirements as my previous one, but my employer, this new employer is compliant. Here, have a look at my employment agreement. Can you please send it back to Immigration New Zealand for them to assess it based on my new employment? They can also look at things like employment agreements and evidence of a new event having happened uh, in such circumstances. Basically, if you were to win on correctness ground or the, the other ground that Puja was talking about, then the decision would ordinarily just be sent back to immigration to review and make a new decision on. Say, look, here's what the tribunal thinks, you, where you got it wrong. Look at these things and then make a new decision about it. The tribunal does also have the power to just grant residence itself. It never, ever ever exercises that jurisdiction. I don't know why. You need to ask the tribunal why it doesn't do it. But, it, you know, it seems to me that it's failing people by not actually exercising its jurisdiction to grant residence. You know, what actually happens is they send it back to immigration to make a new decision on it. That can take months. You would have thought that it would have been very quick. I mean, it doesn't go into the back of the queue. It does get assigned relatively quickly. But it can still take somewhere in the region of about three months at least. Uh, whereas the tribunal looking at it and saying, well, you got it wrong. Well, why don't the tribunal just grant the person the residence and move on and save the person the hassle of going through all of that? You know, the, the person's already had a protracted residence process with immigration probably taking somewhere in the region of about two years from first lodging their EOI. 
Then they've had to go to the tribunal and wait six months for the tribunal to make its decision. Then it's got to go back to immigration and do it again. You're staring down the barrel of three years from first applying for residence before you're actually going to get your residence in hand. I think the least the tribunal could do is actually just grant the person residence when they see it plainly in front of them, but they never exercise this jurisdiction. You can only hope at some point that they might, but you know. They won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second ground of appeal that you generally have is called special circumstances or is under the special circumstances ground of appeal. This pretty much means that in your specific case, yes, you may not have met the instructions and yes, immigration's decision on your residence application would have been correct. However, there are special circumstances that warrant a recommendation to the Minister of Immigration for them to grant you a residence visa, yourself and whomever is included in the application. And the High Court of New Zealand has been really helpful in this regard and uh, given a good uh, steer to the tribunal about what are special circumstances. What the High Court says is special circumstances are special circumstances and that's what they are. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just like it's special not, is as special does. I mean, it's like Forrest Gump. It's just not super helpful at all. Completely unhelpful. But I guess what we, we can say is is that on a humanitarian appeal, you need to have exceptional humanitarian circumstances. Special is not exceptional. Special is a, a far lesser threshold that you need to meet. It might help people if we were to give a few examples of where special comes in. Yeah, so for example, look, on a partnership visa, say you've got New Zealand citizen partner, but they're an ineligible partner because they've already sponsored two partnerships previously and those partnerships broke down they've now got a third partner that they would like to sponsor they are an ineligible sponsor as per immigration rules however the tribunal can look at the circumstances for example maybe they, maybe they've been together for five years six years a really really long time maybe they have new zealand citizen children uh, and maybe the country from which the partner um, comes it's not appropriate for everyone to go back and live there. Maybe the New Zealand citizen can't get residence or can't live there or can't work there for a range of different reasons. So in these circumstances, the tribunal is likely to um, look at whether uh, you have special circumstances and recommend to the minister that they grant a residence visa. There was a similar case uh, to this that went up to the High Court very recently, I think it was near the end of 2020, where the minister said, yeah, look, thanks, IPT, for the recommendation. However, we're not going to grant residence here. That decision of the minister was appealed, uh, and the High Court did decide that it was unreasonable for the minister to decline to grant residence there. So even if the minister declines, you still have another avenue. However, that's for another podcast, and we'll come back to special circumstances. Yeah, other examples I've seen include cases where there's young children involved who don't meet the health criteria. So everybody else in the application meets the criteria. The main applicant, their job's good, they're a skilled migrant, they've got all of their points, nobody's questioning it. The sole reason for declining it is because your child doesn't meet the health criteria. Again, it depends on the nature of the people's job whereabouts in the country they're living, what contribution that they're making, and then how bad the health really is. You know, it's like, yes, they don't meet the health criteria, but it's not that bad. It's not like something that's going to cost the country millions of dollars in, in health. So I've seen cases like that where 
They've seen the special circumstances of the case and ministers granted residence. I've also seen it in um, post-refugees. So you, if you recognise a refugee in New Zealand, then you're eligible to apply for permanent residence and then include your spouse and dependent children in that application as well. I've seen one before where it was the dependent child. It was, again, didn't meet the health criteria. Clearly, the main applicant couldn't be sent back to their home country because they're a recognised refugee and the only way for their whole family to be together was to be in New Zealand. Immigration were stuck with the policy. In fairness to immigration officers, they have no discretion when it comes to residence decisions. They must blindly apply the policy. So it needed the tribunal to say, yeah, look, this is a special circumstance. Recommend to the minister that grant residence and that was granted. Um, something to remember in terms of special circumstances can be if you don't actually meet the policy. So, for example, immigration, as Stuart said, make the right decision on a partnership application where she and her partner broke up while the partnership residence was being processed due to family violence. However, they had a New Zealand citizen child and the New Zealand family courts decided that it was in the best interest of the child for him to live with his mother for day-to-day care and then have supervised visits with his father on the weekends and so this was considered special circumstances because it was in the best interest of the child to remain in New Zealand because the New Zealand courts had decided that the child also had to have regular contact with his father who was a New Zealand citizen. It would have been unfeasible for this to have happened if the mother had taken the child and moved back to her home country and the father wasn't going to move across the world to have supervised contact with his son. Uh, so this was also a special circumstances case and was approved residence by the minister. I guess it's also helpful to outline where something is not special. So the tribunal says the fact that you want to get residence in New Zealand and live in New Zealand is not special in itself. So if you're a young single person who's come to New Zealand, done some studies here, got a job, then applied for residence but the rest of your family live in your home country. You've got no real connection to New Zealand other than through your study and your, your work. Yeah, and friends and, and stuff and, that and you've made here. And, and you've only been here maybe you know five years or something. They're not going to see that as, as special. Yeah, that is seen as being relatively routine and you just happen to be in those category of people who don't get residence approved. One more thing to think about is the time that you have spent in this country. So if you've been here for 10 years, 12 years, 13 years, those can be circumstances that the tribunal looks at. However, it won't be enough on its own. So I had a case recently where the appellant and his family had been here for I think 12 years uh, and he'd had fantastic contribution to the country, done a lot of community work, helped out a lot of communities. And because of the specific circumstances, the tribunal recommended to the minister he was granted residence as well. Uh, so there are a lot of things that tribunal can look at. However, it does have to be different to the norm is kind of a simple way of saying it. And the statistics are that where the tribunal recommends to the minister that they grant residence on special circumstances, it's something like about 95, 96% of the time the minister will do it. So it's very rare where it doesn't actually occur. And, you know, the instances that I've seen in the past where it's not occurred is you can usually, re you don't get a decision as such, so you don't know why the minister's not done it. So you need to try and divine the reason as to why. 
And the ones that I've seen in the past is there's been indications of domestic violence on part of the person who is applying. There's also been instances where there was high health costs if it was approved. Those kind of cases, those outlying cases where things are special, but there's something just preventing the minister from ticking the box. Usually it tends to be character or health issues for the most part. Yeah. Like Stuart said, lots of convictions and really serious, serious health issues. That's our wrap-up in terms of residence appeals to the tribunal. Two grounds, correctness and special circumstances. Anyone who's had a decline on a residence application can make a residence appeal. You don't have to be inside New Zealand. Uh, As always, we would advise you to get legal advice if you do have a decline decision from Immigration New Zealand. Do come have a chat. You've got our website, dslaw.nz. You can get in touch with myself or with Stuart, and I'm sure we'll be happy to have a chat with you about how we can potentially help in a residence appeal. Uh, Let us know if you've got any questions and what you might want to hear about next. Thank you. Have a good week.